You know, being a mother is awesome, most of the time. It's a hard work, I would say, you know. It's emotional, you know, some of those things. And um, so I thought today I would love to honor all the single mothers. And um, if you're a single mother, would you just stand? And we'd just love to honor you for a, for a second there. So if you, your children doesn't have to be in your house still. They could have left, you know. Uh, you could stand up. And we could just look around and just give them a big a clap because it's not easy doing this with a partner. And I know it's super hard doing it alone. Um, you could stay standing. I'm sorry. And then if you're just a mother with a husband, <laughs> you could stand up. We'd like to honor you too because it's still hard, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Christina's fussing at someone. Yes, Stephanie, you have a child. I see the child. He's <laughs> <see> the <laughs> <Is> there. <laughs> She's the mother. Um, I'm so thankful that you're a mother. And uh, that is awesome. And today, I would, lastly, I'm going to pray for you all. But before we pray, I'm not going to say a whole lot because I'll just cry. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I'm crying. <laughs> um, I shouldn't have said this. <laughs> My mom's here. Oh. And, um, <laughs> yes, she's my mother. <laughs> um, as far as we can remember, it's the first Mother's Day that we've been together in 18 years. Um, yeah. I know. You drank all my water? Oh. Sorry, that wasn't yours. You, could, you can drink that. Drink that. No, it's not. He drank his. <laughs> All right, let's just pray. If you're close to a mother, you can just put your hand on them. She's waiting on Natalie. Oh, I get a water. Thank you. <laughs> I thought you were running to your mother. <laughs> not me, your actual mother. <laughs> I thank you, Lord God, that you love mothers and thank you that you are such a faithful God and that we can experience your presence as we do a million things. And Father, thank you that you, you honor us for every season and you thank you that I just pray for every single mother that feels guilty that they have not spent enough time with you, God. I pray that that, that guilt will just fall off their shoulders and that they don't keep anything from their children because they don't spend enough time with you and you with them so do you god you don't keep that against us god i pray that we will experience your presence when we do the dishes and the laundry and pick up children and as we go to work and in our cars and um god thank you that your presence isn't bound to a church and lord i pray as we sit in the car before we enter into the house that your presence will fall in our cars Thank you, Lord, that you would give us dreams and visions and prophetic words and that you would use us um, in our children's lives and in our husbands' lives. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. You can sing. So before we get all serious, I thought I would just share some motherhood truth with you, some memes. So Lance, if you would throw the first one there. No, in a while. Leave me alone. I'm preaching. <laughs> <laughs> so this one says, I'm pretty sure moms are part of some sort of scientific experiment to prove that sleep is not a crucial part of survival. 
through some motherhood truths, you know. <laughs> hey, Janice, yeah, I'll call you back in about 11 years. <laughs> this one is very good. This is my favorite one. Me at the age of 98, fondly remembering the one time I made a meal and all three of my kids ate it. <laughs> that was a good day. <laughs> this one, she looks all fancy and all mother is being the snack holder for children, no matter how fabulous you look. Wow. Yeah. And I think there's one more. Please, old man, walk next to me. And then your child doesn't lose the ability to walk. And, uh, you know, <laughs> is that the last one? And uh, then I want to play you a small clip. Um, and uh, it's, it says it's for an adult, but I'm taking the liberty that it's really speaking about women and mothers and not all adults. So, you know, it's not speaking about the men. <laughs> Something you didn't realize was going to consume so much of your time as an adult. It's in the fridge on the top shelf in the middle with the blue lid next to the one with the green lid. Oh, it's frozen. Nope, that's the second shelf and that's a green lid. Top shelf. It's on your nightstand. It's in the cabinet to the left of the fridge. In the drunk drawer, in a Ziploc bag behind the box with the batteries. Did you check your sock drawer for the sock? That's true. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's very true. Anyway, so back to my title today. We are speaking about the original MOG. I know the main things, that's you. It's not. It's Mother of God. <laughs> the original Mother of God. Yes, you guessed it. We're speaking about Mary. And I'm going to read about Mary and see what we could learn from the original Mother of God. And... Um, just uh, saying that, you know, is, is pretty impressive and actually intimidating a little bit. Because just imagine being the mother of Jesus. I mean, you know, parents can be very pride, take a lot of pride in their children. You know, these days you can look fa on Facebook, on Instagram, and it's all the things, you know. My ch child is, did this, and my child did that, and achieved this goal and that goal. Now, back in the day, I guess they were just standing in a circle, you know, Mary and her friends, and the one friend would start saying, hey, did you see what my Johnny did? He won the award for the best book. You know, John wrote some of the Bible. And then, <laughs> and then the other mother would say, hey, did you see what my Peter did? He won the award. He won that fishing competition. And then Mary, I guess she was like, fine. So, did you see what my Jesus did? The other day, he healed that lame guy. And then, there was all these people, like 5,000 men, I guess about 10,000 women, because there's always more women than men. And then about 20,000 children. <laughs> and he fed them all with, you know, two fish, five loaves. And, um, you know, and just a little bit after that, he went and he died on the cross to save the world. I can just imagine her friends being like, never mind. So today is especially for all the mothers, but it is really for everybody because this is not only for us as mothers, it's for all of us. And um, we could learn so much from Mary. So let's just pray together. Thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. And God, I pray that you would speak to each and every one today as we read your word and as we speak about these things. And thank you, God, that you are here. 
I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to start our journey before Mary actually became a mother. That is in Luke 1, verse 26 to 30. So if you have a Bible, well, I don't know. I know you don't have actual Bibles, but if you have a phone or whatever, you could follow there. Verse 26 says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Whoever made that PowerPoint grabbed all of it in there. It was me. <laughs> so imagine that moment uh, when Mary, I don't know, she's minding her own business, and then this angel appeared to her. She was still young. You know, people say probably around between 12 and 20 years old. We don't know really exactly how old she was, but she was just, you know, still very young. Well, on a side note, I would actually love it if an angel appeared to me, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> um, but anyways, this angel told her that she is the favored one and that she has found favor with God. I think later on Mary said, like, I thought this favor thing was going to turn out a little bit different. But um, at that moment, this is what the angel told her, that she has found favor with God and that she is the favored one. And, you know, I wondered what the word favored means because you think you know and then you really don't know. So I asked the Google, you know, because Google knows everything. You should believe everything you read on Google. Um, <laughs> I, this I do, however, believe. <laughs> Favor's definition is um, approval and an act of kindness beyond what is due or deserved. I mean, that was pretty amazing. So Mary found favor with God. And that is also true for us, that we have found favor with God because of what Jesus did on the cross. And because of the price Jesus paid, we now can live with the fact that we have been accepted and that we have found favor with him and we are the favored ones. And um, because of when you put your trust in Jesus for salvation, then you can know that God isn't mad at you anymore. You have found favor with him and that you are welcome in his presence. I mean, that is pretty exciting. And uh, when you realize this and start to live in this truth, it really changes everything when you realize that you have favor yeah. and that when you realize that you have found favor with God because it changes the way you see Him and you don't, because you realize you don't have to work for your salvation and for your acceptance because you have found favor, which is acceptance from God. And it takes away all of that working for your salvation, working for His love, um, and it frees you. It just frees you on all areas. Have you experienced that in your life? I have. When I realized that I found favor with God, it changed everything for me. And so the first thing we can learn from Mary is that we have found favor with God if you have accepted Jesus um, into your life as your Lord and Savior. And um, obviously then Mary, you know, heard the angel say all of that. And then... The first question, I guess, and it was the first question, would be like, but uh, how is this going to happen? Sounds all great and all, but how? How can this be? So let's read a little bit further. <clears throat> Luke 1, 31 to 35 says, You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. 
You will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So Mary says, How will this be? Mary asked the angel, Since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. So the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come over you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So Mary needed the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit to come to work in her life so that she could fulfill the word of God over her life. So God called her for something, but she needed the the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit so that she was able to fulfill that, you know. And so do we. (laughs) We need the Holy Spirit to come on us and the power of the Most High, which is the Holy Spirit, to overshadow us so that we can do whatever God has called us to do. You know, um, let me just see if I missed something that I wanted to tell you. No. Um, You know, he's called us to do some general things. And uh, one of those things that he's called all of us to is to be a witness. And uh, he's called all of us to share the gospel with people around us. And if you are struggling with that, then you can ask the Holy Spirit to give you boldness. You can ask the Holy Spirit to help you and uh, to, uh, you know, (laughs) to um, come over you so that you can share the gospel. Um, Acts 4 verse 31 says, And when they had prayed... The place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So they were all praying in the upper room, and then the Holy Spirit fell, the place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And after that, they were filled with boldness. Just a little bit earlier, like we know, they were all running away, too afraid you know, to say, yes, I know Jesus, too afraid to share with anybody that I know this man. And in that moment, they were filled with boldness, and they did not care about anything and they started sharing uh you know the love of jesus and just the fact that they know him and uh i want that you know i don't want to think about what this person will say or what that person will do how they're going to react if i share the gospel with them and you can ask the holy spirit that we need the holy spirit to work through us so that our message can be accompanied with power 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4, it says, And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit out of power. So when you share this message, that it will be accompanied by power. You don't just want to, you just don't just want to speak, you know, and no power. No Holy Spirit that penetrates that person's heart or sowing of a seed or watering that seed that's already in there. We need the Holy Spirit to do it with us because in our own strength, man, we sometimes suck and we don't do it right. But if we do it wrong and the Holy Spirit is there, you know, someone we know, Pastor Vellum, always said you can, oh, I've never said that in English. Uh, You can hit a straight shot with a crooked stick. Yeah. Yeah? So God can use, (laughs) He can use our, you know, funky bats, whatever, when you hit a ball, and he can make something of it, if we have the Holy Spirit. Uh, Zechariah 4, verse 6 to 7 says, 
This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You know, and the Holy Spirit is our helper. Man, we all need him. <laughs> For sure, we need him. Um, John 14 says, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance all things that I say to you. We need the Holy Spirit just to live our lives. You know, let's not even go to being a witness. Just to live, we need the Holy Spirit. You know, and we need it for the general call, but we also need it for those specific things that God has called us to. You know, He's called you to something, but we need the Holy Spirit to get things done. Many times we do not have to work harder, but we need to work smarter, you know. And uh, we can work smarter by leaning on the Holy Spirit. It's just every day coming in front of God and saying, Holy Spirit, be part of my life. Be part of my everyday life. Every decision I make, fill me, use me, go in front of me. You know, He wants to be part of the big things, the small things, the seemingly insignificant things. Um, I always share how I hate looking for something that's missing. I hate it. <laughs> like that feeling that comes on the inside when something's missing. Like, uh, did you see my school jacket? <laughs> my shoes. Or what? Yeah, that clip really. <laughs> I hate to search. I don't mind if I really know where it is, but like I hate to search for something. I think it started when Joy was a baby. Uh, and she needed a pacifier, and it was always freaking missing. <laughs> so I get this irritating feeling when something is missing. But so a while ago, I'm like, okay, I don't want to live like this anymore. And I thought, you know what? I might not know where it is, but God knows. The Holy Spirit knows exactly where it is. And that changed it for me. So now when I look for something, I don't know where it is. I just stand there. And I just say, I just say exactly this, uh, Holy Spirit, you know exactly where it is. Please show me <laughs> because I can't do it. <laughs> I literally can't do it. I'm going to lose my mind. Um, I have four children, all right, and a husband that lose stuff the whole time. Um, <laughs> they do. <laughs> anyway, back to serious things. Um, and, and then I just pray and I ask the Holy Spirit to show me where it is. And then I stand there for a second and trust that he will speak to me. And um, I'll get an idea. I will see, you know, something in my house, like the couch or whatever it is. Um, and then I would go look there. And many, many, many times, most times, I'd find it there. Just around the picture that I saw. Sometimes I've seen it and I didn't go. And then I go later and then it's there. And I'm like, ah, oh, I should have gone there first. <laughs> But God wants to be part of every small thing. And in the week, Ms. Keisha, you'll know because you were there. It was just me and you. <laughs> um, I lost my sunglasses. Well, you know, I, I don't lose my sunglasses, really. I've never lost them. Some other people I know lose them constantly. Um, like JJ always loses his sunglasses, you know. <laughs> I am picking on you, I'm sorry. Um, but I lost my sunglasses and I told Miss Keisha, I picked her up for something and she, I said, I don't know where my sunglasses are. And she responded this way. Well, Jesus, you know where the sunglasses are. I pray that they would come back and that you would reveal to her where they are. I was like, 
freak, I should have done that yesterday already. Um, so, like the next morning, I, JJ was standing there, my dad was standing there, and I was just like, does anybody know where my sunglasses are? And then my dad said, oh yeah, I know, right there, there, there. And um, some people might say that is just, you know, chance and how it happened. I do not believe that because I believe in that prayer that we did in that moment, ask God to reveal where they are because they were in a place I would have never looked at all. And um, I found them. So I'm thankful for that. Um, the Holy Spirit is our helper. He wants to help you. He wants to help you, but He wants to be a part of it, not just help me with the test. He wants to be a part of your life the whole time. So the Holy Spirit is um, the Spirit of Truth. I don't know if you've ever read, read that. that in, and in these days, we really need to know the truth. Because most of the time, it's just so confusing. You don't know what you read, what you see, what you listen, what is true. And then many times when you sit with someone in front of you, you also don't know if what they're telling you is this true. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. John 15 verse 26 says, But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. So if you have the Holy Spirit as a part of your life, you can lean on Him to tell you what is true. When you're at your job, your workplace, and you feel like, I just don't know what is true, you can ask the Holy Spirit. He is the Spirit of truth, and He will lead you. So the second thing we can learn from Mary is that we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We can't live this life be, without being filled with the Holy Spirit. We need that. Okay, let's go a little further. Luke 2, verse 38. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left. So the angel said all these things, and he said how it's going to happen. And then Mary, you know, it was back to Mary. So imagine what went through Mary's mind in that moment. I'm just like, good grief. All the fears, all the doubts. All the unknowns, so many things, like in that short moment, what all went through her mind. I can just imagine, like, what will people say? She's not married. Um, what will Joseph say? You know, he's the fiancé. Uh, will he stay? Is he going to leave? My parents, oh, my soul, what will my parents say? You know, and then what will all the people say? What will they think? What are they going to do? Just so many things, and... Just for a minute, put yourself in Mary's shoes. Because when we do that, we realize the bigness and the seriousness of her answer. You know, since it's Mother's Day, imagine you, Mary, going to your mom and saying, Hey, mom, you're going to be a grandmother. <laughs> and um, it's, uh, it's not anyone you know. It's the Holy Spirit is the dad. <laughs> and so, by the way, your grandson is going to save the world. I would be like, girlfriend, that is all a bunch of lies. <laughs> like, no, tell me the truth. Tell me the real story. You know, imagine her going to Joseph saying, hey, uh, honey, <laughs> the love of my life. You know, I love you, right? And um, I know we made plans like to be, you know, don't have, won't have children for three years. But I thought, you know, surprise, you're going to be a dad. <laughs> It's not your child, but you're going to be a dad. You know, it was God. 
I, I, don't, I know the angel appeared to Joseph, but she didn't know at that moment that the angel was going to appear to Joseph. She didn't know. I mean, if I think about it this way, it's not an easy decision that she made in that moment. It was no small decision. But she said, like, Lord, I'm your servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. May what you said may it be fulfilled in my life. She was so courageous. When I was writing this, I was just, I got tears in my eyes just to think of that moment and what she did. So the third thing we can learn from Mary is that we have to say, yes, Lord. And we have to walk in faith, step out and trust God for whatever he calls us to. Even when we don't have all the answers. She didn't have any answers at that moment. She didn't know how it was going to work out. She knew this is what God is calling her to. This is what he said. And I'm going to say, yes, do it. Even in all that uncertainty. So this is how it can play out in our lives. When you came in, we gave all the mothers one of these cards. You can get your card out. If you're not a mother, I'm sorry about that. Um, but you can make your own. Uh, you can make more. This is just something that you could start with if you don't have anything yet. So one of the practical ways that we could do is we can, God gives us something specific for our lives, but then the responsibility comes back to us to take God's word. Because she said, let it be according to your word. So we have the word of God, that is the Bible, that we can take and start speaking over our lives. Now these are just six or seven scriptures for you to start off with. So whatever, if you don't have one, you can raise your hand if you're a mother. Um, here in the front, Ms. Keisha. Um, so this is just, I'm just I just want to use this as an example. But you have to go and find word, find scriptures that is in line with what you feel God has called you to specifically. Um, and how you speak the word of God over your life is just by getting a scripture and then Praying it over your life. Say you struggle with insecurity, struggle with, you know, just uh, your identity. You could use Luke 15 verse 31. It says, I'm my father's daughter. I'm always with him and all that he has is mine. And you could start speaking that over your life. When you get up and you can say, I'm my father's daughter. I'm a daughter of the king and I have what I need. Everything I need and I am with him every day. God blesses me and surrounds me with favor as a shield. Thank you, Lord, that your favor surrounds me as a shield. Whenever I walk into a situation, your favor will be there. You will, your favor will go before me, and I will know that you're right there with me. So that's how you take the word of God and speak it over your life so that the word, specific word that he gave for you can be fulfilled over your life. <clears throat> specific words could just be like you, I have paid for your freedom. And that you're trusting him for freedom. You know, so whatever it is, you can use that and speak it over your life. We can't let our fears and our doubts keep us in the boat. And let it keep us away from what God wants to do through us. He has called each and every one of us to do great things for his kingdom. But we have to say, yes, Lord. So God chose Mary but all the power was still in her hands. She had a free will. She could have said, uh, no, thank you. If you go next door, there's a lady. She's already married. No one's going to think like all bad of her. 
They don't even have to know. It's just they would just think, oh, yeah, she has another child. You know, it won't be so messy and difficult. Um, she's a little older. She has a little bit more money. I think they have four donkeys. You know, just <laughs> all these things. Mary said, <laughs> that was a good joke. So Mary still had to say yes. So we have to say yes. God could give you a word and I still have to say yes. And uh, I have to take the next step. And she said, I am your servant. I will follow you. Not God, uh, you are my servant. You know, sometimes we get it the wrong way around. She said, I will f we, we can't tell God, like, I'm going to follow you on these terms. And I'm going to follow you when my life slows down. No. I am your servant. Now, the flip side is also possible, and maybe you find yourself in this sometimes, that we get a great word from God. He shares a pur our purpose with us, a plan, or whatever He's promised for you. And now all of a sudden you feel like, I'm the chosen one. <laughs> Did you hear what God told me? And you all just have to listen to me because I am, you know, I'm the favorite one. <laughs> We can't take pride in whatever God tells us. We can't take pride. We have to stay humble. Mary did not walk in pride. If anybody could boast, I guess it could be Mary, you know? Like I'm the mother, the original emoji. Like all of you fakos. <laughs> I'm the mother of God, but she didn't. She just stayed humble. She stayed humble in front of God and in front of people. We have to stay humble. Her heart was right. And uh, we have to, we can learn that from her. So the fourth thing we can learn from Mary is that God wants to do great miracles through us. This is so exciting, I think. In Luke 2, verse 39 to 41, it says, At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. When she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. No, man, that excites me. So Mary just entered Elizabeth's home, and Elizabeth heard her, because she probably said, Hi, I'm here, whatever, you know, announced her arrival. And um, in that moment, she was filled with the Holy Spirit. And that shows me that God wants to do great miracles through our lives. And it looked kind of effortless to me. <laughs> Mary didn't do much for that miracle to happen. She kind of just walked into it, you know. And that is really because we are just the vessels. God wants to work through us. We just have to kind of show up and be willing to show up. Um, John 14 verse 12 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. You know, Jesus did a lot of great works. <laughs> when I read it, I'm like, that's, yes, I want to do greater things. And then when I read, like, I think of all the things he did, I'm like, good grief, okay. It's, it's quite the tall order. But Jesus said we will do greater things. And we can do greater things because we have the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, just to mention a few things, like I mentioned in the beginning, what Jesus did, he healed a lot of people. God wants to use you to work through you. To heal people around you. He healed some blind eyes, some people that couldn't walk, people that struggled with things for many, many years. 
Jesus can heal and the Holy Spirit can heal them through you. He raised the dead. I'm like, yes, I want to raise the dead, I think. Like, I, I, I want to. <laughs> I don't know. How is it going to work? <laughs> um, but then, you know, you have to say, it doesn't matter. You just have to go. <laughs> um, he multiplied food. He walked on water. You know, he spoke to the weather. So we have this bird. <laughs> a red cardinal. Constantly fighting himself the whole time against our door. Every day. When the sun comes up, he starts. And when the sun goes down, he stops. And uh, I have spoken to that word, a bird, because he's driving me insane. He has not listened yet, so... Um, he better start listening soon because we might just, you know, I don't know, he might just disappear in the night. Uh, and then um, the amazing thing, I'm not going to shoot him. Uh -uh. <laughs> I don't know. He'll, he'll die in his sleep. I'm not going to shoot him. He's just going to die in his sleep. <laughs> it's peaceful death. Um, but the other thing that Jesus did that was pretty impressive, he poured his life into 12 people. And the Bible says they turned their world upside down. And I want God to use me to pour myself and really just Jesus into some other people so that we can turn the world upside down. And God wants to use us. He wants to use us as a congregation to turn this area upside down. And, um, but the first thing is we have to realize that we have found favor with God. And you first have to step into that favor. And then the second thing, you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then thirdly, we have to say yes. To say yes, I'm willing. I'm your servant. Let it be unto me. And then we have to step out in faith with all our doubts and fears. We have to stay humble. And then these miracles, I believe, will start flowing through our lives. So I want to, I have a, a lot of things I want to pray for at the end now. So won't you all just stand with me? So firstly, I want to give you the opportunity today, if you realize that you have not yet stepped into that favor, that you, are not, you have not put your trust in Jesus for salvation, because this is how everything starts. None of this applies to you until you make that decision, until you realize that you can't save yourself and that you need Jesus and what He did on the cross. And if you've never done that before, I want to give you that opportunity today to say, yes, I want to be part of this. I want to be accepted and be part of God's children. So if that is you and you've never done this, you can raise your hand and I would love to pray with you. I'm going to ask one more time before we go into the next things. If this is you and you have never done this before and you want to say, yes, yes, Lord, I, I want to be part of your, your children. Um, and you want me to pray with you this morning. You could quickly raise your hand and put it down again. Thank you. I see your hand. I see that hand. 
So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And uh, I would just ask everybody to pray with me so we can help these two guys who are just deciding today that they want to be part of this. And the amazing thing is you only have to decide this once. You know, in this moment, something supernatural happens. You move from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And you move into that place of acceptance where you are now a child of God. So won't you all just close your eyes and if you are specifically praying this with me, you can raise your hands and just, you know, as a sign of surrender. And I'm going to lead you and everybody could just pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness today. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust you and follow you as the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for saving me and calling me your child. In the name of Jesus, amen.